0: That ball get out of here in a hurry. Just a bit outside. If anything travels that far, I'd have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think?
1: It's time for Powell at the park.
0: One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Cubs, socks all your Chicago baseball news. Dynamite drop-in money. Here's your host,
1: Kevin Powell. Play ball! Hello, friends! Another episode of the Powell at the Park podcast. I am Kevin Powell. Appreciate you tuning in. It's been way too long since the last Powell at the Park podcast, but uh, I'm starting to turn the attention to baseball. Things are heating up in Machado. It seems like every single day there's a new rumor. Cubs convention is here. Sox Fest right around the corner. was Guillen going to be at Sox Fest, by the way. First time in seven years or eight years now uh, that he'll uh, attend the Sox convention. So that'll be cool. What, Sox Fest last year was so much fun. And conventions, for the most part, going to be honest, kind of creep me out. Not all big on conventions um you know i think it i think it should be be for the kids but um there are some adults who get really really into conventions but it's fine you're a diehard fan i get it um speaking of being a diehard fan bears still not over that loss um sure as hell not over the double doink i don't think i'll ever get over it but uh, i've started to put the mlb network on Shifting from the NFL network to the MLB network, and uh, we're dialing on baseball season here. A lot of uh, a lot of news happening. Hopefully, Machado does end up in Chicago. That, that would be a ton of fun for Sox fans, and I think just for the Chicago baseball scene in general. Uh, it'd be a little bit of a shot in the arm. I know Cub fans are, are, you know, they're anticipating another championship run, as they should be. And it's been a quiet off season for the Cubs. And I realized that last year's signings, the, the Chatwood signing, the Darvish signing, sort of hampered them this offseason. But I've said this before, and I've said this all offseason, that I do believe that the answers to the Cubs' problems are all in-house already. I think they have most of the solutions in-house already. Maybe some question marks with the, with the bullpen, but I think you have enough with your starting pitchers. And offensively, positionally, I think they have plenty Whether it's being healthy or guys that's underperforming. But I I think the Cubs will be just fine. Uh, I think they got a real good shot at winning the division again. And I think they're going to be in the conversation to go back to the World Series. And I realize some Cub fans might be a little deflated after the way last season ended, but I, I really do believe there's a ton of talent. I think this is one of the best rosters in all of baseball and, and the National League. I, I do believe that. So I realize it might be frustrating for Cub fans. It was sort of a quiet offseason. I know Bryce Harper watch has been going on for like two years now, but who knows? Something crazy could happen. But right now, I don't think you're going to see any major splashes with the uh, with the Cubs. But for the White Sox, just about every Sox fan is on the edge of their seat hoping, praying, Wishing Manny Machado on the south side for many, many years to come. We've seen a million different reports. It's Machado watch just about every day, seven, seven years, eight years, $175 $200 $250 $175 million, $200 million, $250 million. We don't know what to believe at this point. It's sort of become a bit exhausting, but um, I, I did want to dive into some Machado talk. I know a lot of people can't get enough of the Machado talk, so I uh, turn to my guy Vinny Duber. He covers the White Sox for NBC Sports Chicago. I had a little conversation with him. Vinny Duber from NBC Sports Chicago joins me now. He covers the White Sox, does it very, very well. He's been on top of all the off-season White Sox news, and uh, I'm sure I'll be seeing him uh, at White Sox Fest soon and spring training and all that good stuff. Vinny, Thanks for jumping on the podcast. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for having me. I will be at all of those aforementioned places. Have you booked your spring training trip yet? Because I, I booked my flight out, and I just can't wait. It's one of my favorite times of the year.
0: Oh, it's excellent. You get, you get out of Chicago in February. You go to the desert. You know, they might not have a waterfront, but it's very nice. It's very The temperature's good. You go for a hike. It's very beautiful.
1: It's beautiful out there. Okay, here's a question, and uh, I believe you have the answer. Where is Manny Machado signing? Oh, see, you're
0: the first person that has figured out that I know, and no one else does. I know, uh, no, but Somebody
1: just had to ask you, Vinny. It's like somebody has Vinny; he has the answer. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I don't know for
0: sure. Uh, you know, I think it would make everybody's lives a lot easier if I did. Uh, I think the White Sox are in a good spot. If I'm being honest, I really think that uh, you know they're really, they're the only reported out- offer that is out there. I mean, you know, we know that the Phillies are in. We know that the Yankees have been in at a point. Maybe they're not in anymore. Maybe they are. Who the heck knows? Uh, it really depends on who who you're reading at any given moment, uh, you know. So to what the latest information could be, uh, we saw Manny Machado's agent Dan Lozano really uh, get upset over some of the numbers that were reported uh, within the last couple of days. Uh, we've had reporters contradicting each other throughout this whole process. I think what we can look at is that the White Sox have offered a seven-year contract. It's worth around two hundred million dollars. We don't know how far really in either direction. Um, and that's really a shock considering what the expectations were at the beginning of the offseason, right? I mean, we, were, we, we talked uh, down at the GM meetings, we, we, I think is the last time I was on your podcast here, and, uh, and we thought that these, that Machado and Bryce Harper both could be getting record-setting deals. So that doesn't look like it's going to happen with Manny Machado if you believe all the numbers that are out there. I think the White Sox are probably in as good a spot as anybody right now.
1: There have been so many rumors, Vinny, eight years, seven years, $250 million, $200 million, $175 million. Machado's agent didn't really lash out until that Buster Olney report came out that 7 year 175 million and when i saw his agent get upset about it i co i was like well that's that's probably inaccurate probably an accurate report then he's probably frustrated that that's out there um i, I don't know what to believe I, can, I think it can be a little bit exhausting at this point following it day to day and there's so many reports coming in i will say this though do you think that and i know people like to use this word in all aspects of life nowadays but collusion collusion is big right are the other owners is there collusion between the owners to pay these guys less to stop handing out these massive deals um i mean do do you buy into any of that that there is something going on with owners and general managers when it comes to the way they approach free agency
0: i think what we can say for sure is that there's a trend right and i think that there's a trend in the game right now that is you're either really really good or you're really, really bad. There's no middle ground. There's no mediocre teams. And that's, you know, that's by design. Everybody would like to be really, really good. But when you can't, there's more incentive, be it via draft picks or being, uh, be it via freeing up money for the future uh, in losing 100 games as compared to losing 85, you know? So I think it's kind of what the trend in baseball is, is producing this because you have, you're have you going to have less suitors or fewer suitors for all of these big money guys and, All you got to do is look across town to the other side to see a team that should be one of the preseason world's series favorites in the Chicago Cubs uh, you know hamstrung this offseason because of what their financial situation is and you perhaps are seeing teams saying well we don't want to be in that position we want to be as flexible as we possibly can and giving a guy a $300 million contract certainly limits your ability to be flexible whether you're one of these really really good teams or one of these teams that is currently really really bad but looking uh, to create the flexibility both with your roster and your finances in order to join those really really good teams one day, so I think you're seeing the benefits of that with the White Sox current situation, in that they have no money on the books moving forward. You know, no significant money. They uh, they have put themselves in a position where they've got a loaded farm system. They don't need to go out and spend uh, you know a an inordinate amount of money on one player when they can be in a pretty good position without them. So I think it's it's not collusion necessarily, uh, but what we do know for sure is that there's a trend and
1: teams are following it. What if teams have just gotten smarter, Vinny? Us reporters, us fans, just continue to bash teams that hand out these horrible deals to aging players who have a great track record but are obviously trending down. The Pujols deal, the the Miguel Cabrera deal. And we continue to bash it. And we, we tell these teams how bad of deals they are. And finally, maybe teams are just like, you know what? We're done with those deals. We're done with them. Yeah, I think, I think those examples that you gave in that kind of deal, yes, but that's
0: not what we're talking about with these two guys. Because right, they're younger. I get 26 it. 26 years old it. Yeah, yeah and, I mean that, and that's the thing that makes this so shocking, right? I mean, is that at the beginning of the offseason, you would have thought, my goodness, two 26-year-old superstars in their prime, they are going to get some big money, and whatever team that gets them is going to be really, really happy for a long time. There's just not teams lining up to, A, hand out that money, and, B, just sign them at all. And it's it's crazy to think about from where we were just a couple months ago, but it seems to be the reality.
1: I mean, are you all in on the fact that it's probably the Phillies or White Sox at this point for Machado?
0: they're the only teams reportedly in on him. I mean, we've got these, we've got this uh, mystery team floating around perhaps. And if, if you like, listening to Manny Machado's dad, it seems that he's got a few more offers maybe than uh, the press has caught wind of, but uh, you know, it, it, it really seems to be down to the Phillies and the white Sox, and It has seemed that way for a while. Uh, I still think that the Yankees make a lot of sense just because of where they, where they are, what they can sell Machado. Machado has always wanted to play for the Yankees. Supposedly he, they could put him at shortstop for a little while. It would seem to make a good, good, Fit a good match, uh, but the Yankees have gone out and signed some other pretty, uh, you know, big name infielders. Their infield is already pretty crowded as it was, and you know, even without Manny Machado, they're probably going to be one of the two favorites in the preseason here to win the World Series. So, uh, you're looking at the Phillies and the White Sox, and that, that's got to make the White Sox happy.
1: If they do sign Machado, how different do you think that changes the projected win total for this team? How, how different does their season look this year?
0: Uh, for twenty nineteen you gotta think it'd be a little bit better. I don't think it'd be drastically different than what it would be without him because I think Aloy Jimenez joining that team is perhaps even a bigger deal um and I think you know Dylan cease may be arriving if he if he can arrive you know sometime during the summer you know before September, that would perhaps be an even bigger deal certainly uh for the long term uh you know benefits uh yeah, so I think that they would be good I think the thing that you gotta look at is the rest of the division. Uh, the Twins, the Tigers, and the Royals wouldn't scare me at all, even if the White Sox don't get Manny Machado, to be perfectly honest. Um, and then you look around the rest of the American League, you've got three playoff locks pretty much in the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Astros. After that, what, I mean, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Oakland Days, how, how much do those teams scare you if you're the White Sox? Uh, so, you know, I think they're they are... Prospects are probably better just because the American League seems to be so weak past the top three or four teams. Um, But I really think that any move, obviously, with Machado uh, would be one for the next several years, so the better part of the next decade, not just for 2019.
1: If they do sign Machado, do you believe that he will insist on playing shortstop, or do you think he'll be fine playing third? How do you think that plays out? Hard
0: to say. It's hard to say. Uh, You know, two hundred million dollars would seem to be a pretty convincing argument to go back to third base. Uh, But you know, but last year was when he insisted on playing shortstop in both Baltimore, and then when they needed him to do so in Los Angeles. Um, It's kind of a thing where if you've already if if the point behind moving back to shortstop for him was to be at a more glamorous position, make yourself more valuable in free agency, you could you could argue that once you've gotten that contract, you've accomplished your goal, and it would be perhaps fine to move back to third base. So I I really think it's an unknown at the moment. I can tell you that if I'm the White Sox, I probably would very much prefer him to play third base just because it's a position that doesn't really have a good long-term answer um whereas at shortstop they're very confident in tim anderson and what he can do now obviously there's been talks about moving yohan Moncada to third base uh partially perhaps to make room for nick madrigal who's supposed to be an extremely good defender over at second base uh but of course rick Hahn always says you know if we have end up having too many good infielders that's a good problem good problem to have um again i i think i would want him to play third base he's got two gold gloves there um but i think if you're going to the extent that some of these teams are going to, to try and lure him to your team, to your city, you'd probably let him play whatever position he wants, right?
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you, you could tell Machado you're going to play wherever you want, but yes, everything you just said makes sense. They don't they don't have a ton of talent at third. Jake Berger's torn his Achilles twice now in the past, what, year and a half? So, there's a lot of mm-hmm. question marks there. Machado's won gold gloves at third. He makes a ton of sense there. You have Tim Anderson who made some made some strides last year. You mentioned Moncada. Um... What are realistic expectations for Yoan Moncada this year, and what did you make of his season last year? Because some people I talked to were like, "Well, he took a step back," and I go, "I'm not going to go that far to say he took a step back because we don't know for sure." I mean, what if he learned from the struggles he went through last year? So, I guess what are you what are you anticipating to see from Moncada this year?
0: Yeah, I think the argument that you just made there is probably what the White Sox are thinking, and, and and it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, this is a guy who was in his first full season in the Major Leagues last year, and we're so used to uh, these young players, these young stars coming up and just dominating from the jump. Well, not everybody does that. Uh, some guys have to go through these, these down periods when they are transitioning to the Major Leagues uh, to come out on the other end the guy that everybody thought that they could be. I mean, remember, we are not far away. We're what? not even two years, I think, from, from Moncada being the number one prospect in baseball. I mean, this is a guy with a huge, uh, really high ceiling. Uh, and yeah, that was a lot of strikeouts last year. But I think you take the winner to uh, refine your approach, maybe. And that, that's something that they really like with Moncada is his approach at the plate. They think he sees the strike zone really well. And uh, perhaps that was to his detriment at some at some points during last season when he was striking out looking an awful lot. Um, I think what uh, the White Sox want to see and what fans should expect to see from Moncada uh, is a lot uh, a lot more you know, hitting, a lot more uh, extra base power, a lot of stuff like that. Maybe the strikeouts are going to be there throughout his career, and maybe that's the kind of player that he's going to be. We don't know at the moment, but I think if, if you get the bat on the ball a little bit more, you get a little bit more aggressive at the plate, I think that's probably going to result in some positive things that they saw from him when they made that trade involving Chris Sale.
1: They don't land Machado. Do you see them still being active in free agency, or do you sort of just kind of see them saying well we missed out on that it's on to the season it's on to next year's free agency or do you see them maybe targeting a guy like Mustakas?
0: i think uh that going after machado and and remember they're still technically in on bryce harper too True. uh is a is a very specific goal that they're trying to accomplish with those two guys and i don't think it's just go out and sign the best player if we don't get him go to the next best player i think it's that these two guys or probably nothing very much significant. Now, that's not to say that they can't get a great deal on somebody like Mike Mustakas on a one-year contract uh, and make this team better and and lean on his uh, experience from playing in a couple of World Series. Uh, Certainly they could do that. But I really think that when it comes to the big, big names, they're they're to be that finishing piece, that centerpiece of this transition from rebuilding to contending. And so I think you see if they don't get Machado, the focus turns to maybe – a trade that they could make uh, at some point during the season or in or next offseason or perhaps more importantly on next winter's free agent class, which is absolutely loaded. I mean, we're talking about Bryce Harper and Manny Machado right now, two all, perennial all-star players. There's a whole bunch of those types of guys uh, next year in, in next offseason's uh, free agent class. So I know that's probably not the answer that a lot of White Sox fans would want to hear, you know, they want to see that big move as soon as possible. But this is a very specific goal of Rick Hunt's front office and the rebuild to add a really big talent from outside to pair with uh, all this talent they've got in the farm system uh, for when this thing starts really taking off in a year or two here. Uh, and I think that you would see the attention turn to that kind of player, but further down the line.
1: I think even the fact that the White Sox have been in the talks with Machado, have been in the thick of things for this long now, where the Sox have popped up here and there when it comes to big-time free agents, but they obviously appear to be a serious contender to land this guy. Doesn't that sort of tell you a little bit about where this franchise is at where Jerry Reinsdorf is at, where Rick Hahn is at, the fact that the White Sox are in on Manny Machado, one of the... I mean, you're talking about a free agent in his prime. That doesn't happen very often, if ever, Vinny. I mean, we're talking about a 26-year-old potential Hall of Fame-type talent here, and the White Sox are right there.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, I think the thing to remember, too, is this caught a lot of people by surprise, a lot of fans by surprise. Heck, it caught me by surprise when we heard about this back in November, their interest in Machado, their interest in Bryce Harper, um... But it is important to remember that this is really all part of the plan. I mean, look at how they've freed up this money. I mean, they, how they, their, their financial situation is drastically different than it's been uh, at a lot of different points over the past 10 years, 15 years, uh, you know, where they really don't have anything invested in many players past this year. That was part of the plan. That was part of the rebuild. We saw them acquire guys like Kopech and Moncada, like Jimenez, like Cease. Uh, you know, and that was part of the plan. There was a, there was another part too to make themselves competitive on the free agent market, competitive for some of these best players in baseball. Because as good as that farm system is, as good as any farm system has been, be it the Cubs or the Astros or the Red Sox in the last few years. It takes those outside additions to get you over the hump and to get you into that World Series realm. And Rick Hahn knew that when they started this process. And so this has really been, you know, a step in the process uh, it was to acquire one of these big-name guys from outside the organization. There's a couple different ways that they could do it, be it for free agent signing, be it in a trade where they spend some of that prospect capital um, so this is really not something that has surprised people inside the White Sox organization, even if it has surprised us outside of it. Uh, and yeah, it, it's it's very interesting, as uh, exhausting as it might be on a daily basis this deep into the winter, uh, but it is very interesting to see them there, and I think it is part of their contending plan.
1: Well, it makes a ton of sense. And to be honest, I wasn't that surprised, because look at all the money they have right now that's that's free on on the salary cap. They don't have a ton of money tied up. And everyone's like, well, they're not ready to contend. I'm like, well... Even if they're not ready to contend in 2019, they're not signing him to a one-year deal. This is a long-term right. thing. They're signing to a seven, eight, who knows how many-year type deal. This deal, uh, the White Sox would be foolish not to be pursuing both of these guys, considering where they're at, considering how much money they're going to have free with a salary cap for many, many years with these young guys. The um, the John Jay signing and the Alonzo uh, trade, that Vinny, that was just obviously a, a ploy or something to, to lure Machado to Chicago, right? Whether Rickon denies I mean, it or not, I mean, there was like a hundred percent the reason they got those guys.
0: It's very difficult to look at the the connections between those three players, and especially you know once they signed John Jay, you start digging a little deeper and you see really how tight these guys are. It's really difficult to look at that and believe that it had nothing to do with it, uh, as as Rickon might uh, argue. That being said, these are players that certainly help the team. These are guys that accomplished the offseason goals. John Jay specifically after, uh, you know, because they really had a hole in their outfield after they non-tendered Avi Garcia. They needed a starting outfielder, really, is what is what that was. And John Jay is an upgrade there. He's an upgrade in the in the kind of bats that he has, uh, you know, a uh, big on-base guy. You know, they, they needed that, and uh, they've got some versatility out there. Uh, if Adam Engel, once again, struggles on offense, they can plug John Jay in there and use Angle as more of a defensive replacement late. And if someone like Daniel Palka, uh, you know, gets an opportunity to have a lot of at-bats in right field, you know, maybe John Jay can become a defensive uh, aid for him. Uh, But, uh, you know, that being said, obviously those guys' connections are tight. They're the Miami Baseball Brotherhood, supposedly. Obviously Alonzo and uh, Machado are related through marriage. These guys have all known each other growing up. Machado calls them guys that he's looked up to his whole life. So, And you've seen it elsewhere, too, with the other teams in this derby. Uh, the Yankees hire Carlos Beltran to be a part of their front office. Well, Beltran's agent when he was a player is Machado's agent now. Uh, the Phillies have a lot of old Baltimore Orioles guys in that front office, and they go out and hire the guy who's been the infield coach coaching and Manny Machado up his entire major league career. So the White Sox are not alone in this. Uh, though these are, they're the only team that seems to be dedicating roster spots uh, to guys with connect, big connections to Machado. But again, they are guys that helped this team in 2019.
1: Man, it'd be fun if Machado comes to Chicago. It really would. It would. Uh, it would change the outlook of this season and definitely change the outlook of this franchise and the rebuild and all those sorts of things. Um, uh, we got plenty of time before opening day, Vinny. But I guess I'm going to go to like a little season preview here. One player to you that you're most looking forward to watching this year outside of Machado, if he does come to Chicago. But like, who's a guy you think can make some big time strides this year and surprise some people?
0: Uh, I don't know how surprising it's going to be, given how uh, hyped he is already. But the, I mean, I think the entire season right now, before they sign. You know, if they weren't to, if they were not to sign somebody like Machado, it uh, has to be Aloy Jimenez. I mean, we should expect to see him very early on within the season's first couple of weeks. If you, if you remember back to the treatment that Chris Bryant got in 2015, it'll probably be very similar to that uh, in terms of when he will arrive at the major league level. But that's only a handful of games without him, and so you're pretty much looking at an entire season with Aloy Jimenez, the guy who's the number three prospect in all of baseball, the number one prospect in the White Sox organization. This is a guy who you could have argued was ready for the big leagues a long time ago. Well, he's going to get here this year, and we're going to get to watch him, and we're going to get to see if he can be the kind of of middle-of-the-order hitter that could perhaps make up for missing out on a guy like Machado or a guy like Bryce Harper uh, in the long term. Uh, It's going to be very exciting to watch him play uh, on a daily basis and see if that Mashing that he did at the minor league level uh, can carry over to the major league level. A lot of people think it will. Obviously, the White Sox think it will. So uh, that's going to be
1: very fun to watch. Eloy and Machado in the lineup of three four. That looks like a pretty good, uh, pretty good your lineup. If you can stack those two guys, that would be, that would be something to watch. He's Vinny Duber. He follows the White Sox for NBC Sports Chicago. Follow him on Twitter at Vinnie Duber, V I N N I E Duber, D U B E R, NBC dot com. And you're on the Instagrams now, huh? Did I see well,
0: that? It's great. I, you know, I was a late adopter. I, I picked it up uh, in December when, uh, when I was on the road for work. Uh, tremendous, tremendous platform. I can't uh, recommend it highly enough.
1: And all of your posts, your captions are just lyrics, correct?
0: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a rock and roll guy. I've got to try and see uh, if I can uh, fit those into daily life uh, on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, you're real big into music, right? Like, that, Is that your true love, rock and roll and, and all that stuff? Most definitely, man. I mean, from the 1950s all the way
0: to today, rock and roll is the best, man. You got you gotta love it.
1: Where did your love from rock and roll come from? How did you get so into it?
0: Oh, my, I'm, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's my dad. Uh, he's uh, he's been listening to that since uh, you know since he was a little kid, and so he passed it on to me. And uh, I'd like to think that I've even expanded a little bit on that one. So yes, we've got quite the big uh, music library at home.
1: Best rock and roll band of all time.
0: Oh, it's got to be the Rolling Stones. I know that's uh, that's an easy answer, but, uh, you know, they call them the greatest rock and roll band in the world for a reason. They've earned that title.
1: That's Vinny Dober. He's our rock and roll expert. He's our White Sox expert. Appreciate him jumping on. I'll see you out at Sox Fest, man. Yeah, we'll have fun. Thanks a bunch, Vinny. And that's going to do it for me. Paul at the Park, episode number 24. Appreciate you tuning in. Some Machado talk there. Hopefully, we'll have another emergency podcast or something when the Sox, if they do sign Machado, um, try to get something posted as well. But uh, Machado watch continues. So does Bryce Harper watch as well. Sox officially not out on that, although, obviously, they've been more uh, linked to Machado so far. But... uh, uh, stay tuned for plenty more material. I'll be out at spring training in uh, about a month. Uh, it's one of my favorite times of the year. I just absolutely love the desert. I love spring training. It is so much fun when it is freezing cold in Chicago to get out of here and head out to the desert and start uh, start turning the page onto the baseball season. So uh, that's Powell at the Park, episode twenty four. Appreciate you tuning in. Follow me on Twitter at kpowell720. Have a great day.